Support for WSHU podcast Off the Path comes from Au Pair in America, cultural exchange childcare for more than 30 years. AuPairinAmerica.com. The musical Hamilton has a lot of catchy music and memorable lyrics. And surprise, some of the most memorable come from President George Washington. They're taken almost verbatim from a letter Washington wrote to the oldest synagogue in America, in Newport, Rhode Island. This is Off the Path from WSHU Public Radio. I'm Davis Donovan. I look for fascinating stories on the road from New York to Boston. George Washington wrote the letter after a visit to Turo Synagogue in Newport. The actual letter is kept at the Jewish Museum of American History in Philadelphia. But for more than 70 years, people have come to Newport to hear a reading of the letter on the anniversary of the day it was written in August of 1790. It was the second year of Washington's presidency, and the Revolutionary War had just ended. To the Hebrew congregation in Newport, Rhode Island, gentlemen. The reading is a whole event, with multiple speakers and reenactors in colonial garb. Presidents have attended, including Eisenhower and Kennedy. Here's a part of a reading from 2016 by trial attorney Gary Neftalis. Well, I receive with much satisfaction your address replete with expressions of affection and esteem. I rejoice in the opportunity of assuring you that I shall always retain grateful remembrance of the cordial welcome I experienced in my visit to Newport. I decided to pay my own visit to Newport. Turo Synagogue stands high on a hill in the center of the patrician seaside city with its iconic piers and harbors on Narragansett Bay. You can drive or walk to the synagogue up steep, narrow streets. It's very popular with tourists. The synagogue allows visitors in with regular tours every day except Saturday. Where we are right now is in what would have been the heart of colonial Newport. Deborah Pert is our guide today. So you would have had a Baptist church over here. Um, You can see up in the sky the beautiful steeple of the Anglican Church, Trinity Church over there. Um, There would have been a couple congregational churches, a Moravian church, but no one big white church in the town square like many colonial towns. So no one house of worship dominating any other. Um, And that was sort of the difference that we had here. Newport is a great example of religious pluralism. People of many different religions lived and worshipped alongside each other. The first Jews came to Newport around 1658, descendants of Sephardic Orthodox families who fled Spain and Portugal due to religious persecution. And this house of worship, built a century later by the Jewish community, reflects the community's acceptance in America. They wouldn't have chosen such a central high location, um, smack in the center of town. You wouldn't choose to build your synagogue, having come from such persecution in Spain and Portugal and other places in Europe and in the Caribbean, if you didn't feel um, that you were accepted. They weren't afraid of who sailed into the harbor and saw what they were doing. They weren't hiding it. Next, Pert leads us into the synagogue. We just ask that the men keep their heads covered. And Inside is a large, elegant room, the sanctuary. White columns line the green walls and gold-trimmed chandeliers hang from the ceiling. Pert says it's in a colonial style that's common in older houses of worship in Rhode Island. This building measures almost a perfect square, and, and so it has that symmetry, that kind of 
brings you this sense of serenity. George Washington visited Newport to rally support for the nation's new constitution. He was invited to the synagogue and then started a correspondence with one of its leaders. And out of that came the famous Turo Synagogue letter. It contains some of the most stirring turns of phrase in American history. Here again is Neftalis reading the letter. For happily, the government of the United States, which gives to bigotry no sanction, to persecution no assistance, requires only that they who live under its protection should demean themselves as good citizens. Washington ends the letter with a spiritual appeal. May the children of the stock of Abraham who dwell in this land continue to merit and enjoy the goodwill of the other inhabitants while everyone shall sit in safety under his own vine and fig tree and there shall be none to make him afraid. Those last lines may be familiar if you know a fair amount of lyrics from Lin-Manuel Miranda's Pulitzer Prize winning musical Hamilton. Here's Christopher Jackson, who played George Washington in the original Broadway cast. Everyone shall sit under their own vine and fig tree, and no one shall make them afraid. They'll be safe in the nation we've made. A little bit of poetic license from Lin-Manuel Miranda, but pretty close to Washington's own words. I spoke a little more with tour guide Deborah Pert. She says... Washington's letter is a reminder that sometimes just tolerance isn't enough. He is asking for people to give up on this idea of barely dealing with each other and and really look to each other as equals. And this is at a time when we had an aggressive slave trade here. We had Native Americans being persecuted. It's an amazing thing that somebody was starting to set a standard of how we were supposed to, to act. And, she adds... It's a standard she thinks the nation hasn't lived up to yet. This is Off the Path from WSHU Public Radio. I'm Davis Donovan. I'm on the lookout for places that tell fascinating stories on the road from New York to Boston.